0: Welcome to the new season of the Let's Talk About It podcast with Sons and Daughters. Yay. I am Julie and this is Addison. <laughs> Listen, if you're gonna give a yay, like I mean, give a was, yay. That was
1: pretty half-hearted. That was yay. Super weak. I don't know. You don't wanna do it too loud though until Mike yeah. then it gets all distorted and weird. That's true. I don't know. Did so you it's see? Like, it's more like a chill, like yay.
0: Make room for my segue. Did you okay, see sorry. how we just disagreed without wow. dividing? Wow. That's what we're talking about today. (laughs) (laughs) And it fits really well into this entire series about essentially a higher way of living and being and what a way to stand out from the crowd that we're seeing all around us now to be able to disagree well, disagree without dividing and also disagree without having the same opinion at the end of the argument or disagreement, if you will. Yeah so and that's
1: okay right like it's okay to disagree
0: it is okay to not
1: end up at the same place
0: yeah like everything is not gonna be black and white and I think having an understanding of that and a curiosity
1: so are you saying there is an objective truth
0: I'm not saying that I said everything. I did not say nothing is going to be.
1: I and I have to say, we were going with this. I figured, ask the (laughs) questions
0: out the gate. I have to say, in um, knowing you for a while now, Mm. being married to you for fourteen
1: years this year, over
0: fourteen years, and just watching the way that you conduct yourself, both with me as my spouse, with your children as their father, with your brothers and your parents as all of the many roles that we play in one another's lives, you do this exceptionally well. And so I I think it's very fitting for you to talk to this. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm here too.
1: (laughs) So you're basically handing it over to me. Wow.
0: No, but how do you do it? How do you have practical, meaningful conversations? Because I think that's a key here too. We still want our conversations to be meaningful. The purpose is not to not disagree the purpose sure. is what is the purpose so of these you're conversations like sameness isn't the goal exactly so unity. sameness is lameness
1: sameness is lameness hashtag tm <laughs> um, <laughs> no sameness isn't the goal unity is the goal exactly. and those often get confused mm-hmm. and we think in order to be unified we have to be same and i, I think one of the reasons why we struggle with what Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, he calls the dignity of difference. I love that. Mm-hmm. The dignity of difference. One of the reasons why we struggle with it is because we don't believe it's okay for us to know in part. Mm-hmm. And so if if someone... Even though the
0: Bible specifically says we will know in part.
1: It does. And this is, I mean, you know, I love saying this because I think it's a practical outworking of love that goes overlooked. Mm-hmm. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love chapter, the one we love to... Uh, to talk about at weddings and right, poetry about, all that kind of stuff, right? Like greeting cards, Hallmark. Uh, the first eight verses have beautiful prose and we see this this uh, very visual, it's, it's visual language. And then I feel like Paul segues in verse nine to kind of like practical expression of love. And it's this idea that we know in part, we speak in part, we prophesy in part. And it's almost like you can't be someone who is patient, who is kind, who bears all things, who endures all things, unless you are okay with the fact that you're not God and you know in part. And that that doesn't mean that I'm saying there is an objective truth. That doesn't mean that I'm saying we shouldn't wrestle for the truth with each other. I mean, to be a follower of Jesus, to be numbered amongst the Hebrews, that literally means someone who wrestles with God, right? Like that was the identity of the Israelites. They were known as people who wrestled with God. That's when um, Jacob was renamed Israel, right? So very significant that we wrestle with God, that we wrestle with each other. That's the idea of iron sharpening iron, but we can't wrestle successfully and we can't bring out the best in each other unless we're okay with the fact that we know in part, and we need the other person's part and other become, in order to become more whole. Um, there's a There's a saying, I don't know who it's um, I know I don't know who originally said it, and I Probably actually Mother looked, no, I actually looked to see if I could find recently. I looked to see who said it, and I couldn't find a source, so I don't know. Maybe you
0: need to put it out there with your name on it. That maybe, way, next time someone looks, like, oh,
1: Addison Bevere. No, because I'm pretty sure I didn't come up with this. But basically, the the saying goes, it takes a whole world to reveal a whole Christ, hmm. and and I love the idea that we have to lean into the other, the dignity of difference. Like literally the word holiness means otherness, right? So when we acknowledge the holiness of God's design in the other, in the other person, that's a part of stepping into and expressing his holiness on the earth. And if you look at Revelation 5 verses 9 through 10, there's this moment where everyone is celebrating the worthiness of the lamb mm. and the defining attribute of the lamb is he has reconciled nations and peoples, tribes and tongues to be one people, to be one group of priests um, for our God. Like, and that's just, that's what makes him so other. That's the high priestly prayer of John 17. It's a, it's a unity that leads to glory. Yeah. And so if we, we can talk about this stuff on like um, a a macro level right but how do we navigate the relationships in our lives and the dissonance that those relationships represent whether that's a marriage whether that's a friendship whether that's someone who represents a different political party yeah um, like how we navigate that tension that in between determines whether or not we grow as humans
0: so how do we do that how do we navigate it well now that we have an understanding of the why we have the desire to move towards this, to move yeah. towards the the holiness that is written within us, a desire for and a, a move, a motion towards what does it look like playing out in our day-to-day lives?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so much of it is patience. Hmm. The first attribute of love, first Corinthians 13, patience, fruit of the Spirit, patience, Um We see the way God interacts with us and his patience and his kindness. And so I I think we need to extend a lot more patience to each other when we're having these difficult conversations.
0: I have to tell you, when I hear you say that, though, what comes to my mind is someone thinking, I'm going to be patient with you until you get (laughs) your crap together and see this the way I see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's real. (laughs) It is. (laughs) That's what that is. people, People take that stance. And here's it goes back to this idea of, People feel this pressure to be God, to validate themselves. And to validate themselves, they attempt to invalidate the other. Like people who are secure in God have really have no desire to invalidate the other.
0: And you've you've see that. We've we been around people. who are like, I know that they could add what they could add like the most incredible bit to the conversation happening like around the shut table. shut everyone up
1: in the room. Yes, yes. but
0: instead they just kind of sit back, they listen. They're yeah. not, you know, unplugged from the conversation, but they listen. They, there's just an ease.
1: Yeah, it's like they listen to learn mm-hmm. as opposed to listen to look for an opportunity to prove themselves. Yeah. And that's that's a big difference. I think if we, if we listen to learn, anytime we're interacting with the other whoever that is like look if if you really do care about this other person and you're trying to reach them and you're trying to reconcile you're trying to understand them you better listen to them Mm -hmm. because if you listen to them you are going to figure out those points of intersection that's where and how you speak in their lives the old maxim that says people don't care what you know until they know that you care yeah that is that is mostly true that is largely true And so I think a lot of people feel this pressure, like they're on this campaign for truth, and they have to go beat up everyone who's not on the side of truth. And it's very impersonal, and it's faceless, and it's nameless, and we disassociate um, people who they are as far as like their social presence. You know me, I'm hardly on social, and there's just things about it that I really— struggle with.
0: I don't even think they call it social anymore. I don't know. They call it the (laughs) screeny.
1: Wow, so dumb. You're showing your age right now. Um, (laughs) But it's just, we depersonalize and dehumanize. And then it's really hard for us to have meaningful conversations. So when we do have conversations with people, it's trivial stuff. It's the weather. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's not going deep because we don't really know how to go deep and still feel safe. We don't know how to disagree. And feel safe and
0: and we feel like we have to have an understanding of where someone sits on all of the different hot button topics totally. in order to go deep with them.
1: Well, and there's this fear that if you articulate something incorrectly, you're going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. right? You're going to be rejected, you're Which going to be labeled. Real. Oh, it's very real. So how
0: do you move through that to have deep, meaningful connections with people I mean, that I, you don't know? Well,
1: I I don't, I don't think uh, my thing is like, start with the people that you do know. Okay. And then I think you'll figure out how to make that circle wider and wider as you figure it out with the people that you know. I think a lot of people are trying to do something on a large scale that they haven't figured out on a small scale. Mm -hmm. And so it just eventually goes sideways because they, they haven't tested the model. They're In their mind, they're like, well, this is how it should work, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to blast people, and this is what it's going to feel like. It's, gonna want, it's what it's going to look like. For me, Julie, this is—
0: And people are applauded for that, though.
1: They are. They're celebrated. So so here's here's something really practical I love to tell people. Yes. Okay? So we have to remember, you look at Jesus, which is kind of a good idea. You look at Jesus and the way he navigated all of this. He he reframed or redefined the idea of the other or the enemy, right? He just did through his life. It's, it's absolutely incredible. One of the things that Paul tells us, and this is Ephesians 6, when he's describing the life of following Jesus, he talks about we don't wage war, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against dark cosmic powers. And so we have to remember that that person, whoever that person is, I just hear flight of the Conquerors right now, that person over there is a person, <laughs> anyway, that person, whoever that person is, like they they are at war like there is an internal struggle that's going on inside of them there's an external struggle that's around them that mm-hmm. that they feel the pangs right like, they feel that
0: i actually referenced that same scripture in christian and really? conversation about abortion
1: and so our responsibility is to like really intercede for them and i tell people all the time like if you genuinely intercede for someone for five minutes i'm talking like f- five minutes that's it Right, five minutes. Like intercede for them. Pray. Get the Father's heart for them. This is why Scripture tells us to pray for our enemies. I guarantee you, you'll have clarity as to what you should say and how you should say it. And so let's just start there. Like let's. I guarantee you that will lead to less disagreements. I was talking with a friend of mine who she um, she recently went through is one of our team members actually a messenger recently went through a hard situation with someone and. um and I told her, I'm like, hey, don't respond. Like, just just wait, just wait, just wait a day. Do not feel the pressure to give a response right now. Like, it's okay not to have a response. This goes back to the idea of like, we don't have to have all the answers. We can it's take a step back. It's also an
0: outworking of patience.
1: Absolutely. I'm like, hey, take a step back. Tell the person, hey, I can't, I'm not gonna respond to this right now because if I respond, I'll be doing you a disservice. Mm-hmm. Take a step back. Give it 24 hours. Seek the heart of God for this person, for the situation.
0: But you should say, I do want to have this conversation.
1: And I I was very specific about that. I said, look, don't just not respond. Mm -hmm. Like That's that's not good either. Dignify them with a response, but be intentional and tell them, hey, I'm not ready to go there right now. I'm just not. And so I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to get perspective because when we do go there, I don't want it to be about me proving myself or me getting what I want. I want it to be about us. Revealing like truly, like revealing what's going on inside of each other when we come together, it's that mutual self revelation like that's that's what it is to grow in intimacy is to grow an understanding of each other, yeah, and that happens, and you know this like those moments of great intimacy and trust they happen when we navigate conflict and we find our way through and find ourselves closer, more in tune, more aware on the other side,
0: yeah, the friction is the very real outworking of iron sharpening our iron. Absolutely. When the friction comes into play.
1: And and the church can be okay and just like like I think people need to hear this like it's okay for the church not to agree about everything. Like it's okay for us to have distinct um, ways of doing things, right? Like that's okay. Like there's there's enough universal truth in the person of God for us to have some variance across the body of Christ as far as the, the best way to do stuff. Now, that being said, there is a very defined law of liberty, law of Christ. Paul talks about how I, I can become all things to all men, but I will never violate the law of Christ, right? So that that's real. And it's a responsibility of us to work out what that looks like through, through prayer, through community, through scripture, through study. Um, but I just feel like we get so uptight about our differences and it's just ridiculous.
0: Well, they just ping us differently. It makes you feel like you don't have that control that people are looking
1: for. But you don't and that's like- Yeah,
0: but it's fun to pretend that we do.
1: But we don't and that's like, that's the thing. I think everyone just needs to take a deep breath and be like, I don't need to prove to God, myself or to someone else that I have all of the answers. Yeah. Like I don't. If you knew everything, but we there are is... looking
0: for that from one another. We are. So I think we also the flip side of that is we're saying to God, I don't have to prove that I have all the answers, but also I don't need to look to other people for all the answers.
1: They don't have to be my source. Yeah. Like the whole the whole idea of us not being God is like we can't see everything the way God sees it. That's what Paul gets at in Romans eleven. After he has systematically broken down God's plan for salvation, he gets Romans 11, and he quotes Isaiah, and he's basically saying that God's ways are beyond searching out. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's okay. If we could search out all of God's ways and explain all of God's ways, we we would actually be God. But what the Father requires of us and really welcomes us into is this idea of learning and training by His Spirit. And that's so beautiful. It says in 1 Corinthians 2 that no one knows the depths of a man except the Spirit. And then Paul goes on to say that we have the mind of Christ. Like We have this in us, but we don't discover it until we surrender our illusion of having it all together. So there is a point where it all comes together. There is a point where it all coalesces. The only way we get there, though, is by acknowledging that we can't get there on our own Mm -hmm. and that practically works its way out in how we do life with each other and how we navigate the differences.
0: And our relationship with God.
1: 100%. It's Julie, I would say that's primary because the people who don't feel seen, known, accepted by God, heard are the people who go around and tell everyone else why they're missing it with God. Mm. They just are. And so if you feel yourself inclined to do that, to like constantly be the one who's pointing the finger, who's casting judgment, who has an opinion about what person X, Y, or Z, or this group or that group is doing, like seriously take a step back and be like, Father, how do I see the way you view me? Like how how am I receiving your love? How am I receiving your attention? How am I receiving your affirmation? Because God did create us to be distinct expressions of his eternal kingdom. Like he did. And there's a commonality there is an overarching truth that brings us together that binds us 100 but we have a lot to learn from each other so you can
0: love people without agreeing with people
1: and you can love people knowing that
0: and i don't just mean love them like oh i love everybody doing this and that but like genuinely know a person who you're in relationship with and have love towards them, love things, characteristics about them.
1: Absolutely. And it
0: not be this like constantly having like you you have to give these disclaimers.
1: Yeah, I mean, people people will throw out what Paul writes in First Corinthians um, four, in, is it four or five? It's either it's either four or five. I think it's Six. five. No, it's five. First Corinthians five, where Paul talks about casting out the man who was having an incredibly inappropriate relationship with like his mom with either his mom or stepmom. It's not it's not clear, but it it was weird. Whatever it was, it was weird. And people like to use that and like, yeah, you know, let's cast all the sinners out in whatever form that looks like. But we have to remember a few things. Number one, Paul said that this was the most merciful thing that they could do. So he truly had a heart of compassion for this person. And saw
0: the situation. And
1: saw it through a a higher view. Because he said, if we turn this person over to the accuser, the dissonance, the accusation is actually going to save this person and restore this person. That was his heart. And in 2 Corinthians, he actually says, restore the person. So. If we have that kind of view of people, then we actually know when we do need to cast out. We also need to make the point, though, when, when Paul said that, these, these churches, they were tight-knit communities. Yeah. Like people were in each other's business. We don't even business. have a context. We do not understand what that looks like. They, Maybe they,
0: we as the Bevere's. <laughs> yeah.
1: They lived in each other's lives. Like They were a part of each other's lives. They knew the ins and outs. They had a place... To speak into each other's life. Yeah. And my thing is like... And
0: not speaking was speaking. And
1: not speaking was an issue because they had earned the right to speak. Mm-hmm. And so my thing is like, earn the right to speak into people's lives. So when the, when those moments come where like you really do need to come in...
0: And draw a line. And you need
1: to speak truth that is really hard to hear. There is relational equity. There is connection. There is an existing message that's that's been sent from you to that person that I am for you, I am with you, I believe in you.
0: There's tenderness. There's tenderness. It's like you have, you know, toiled the soil, which
1: is one of the fruit of the spirit that yeah. we like to forget. Gentleness. It's one of the fruit of the spirit that we like to forget in moments of disagreement. Like, gentleness. Yeah. Like there is a, Paul says in Galatians 6, when we're talking about restoring, he says, restore with gentleness. Mm. Like it, This is a part of what it is to be the people of God, but it's very difficult and it's often inconvenient. So,
0: but worth it. So worth it. So, kind of bullet points. You want to disagree. <laughs> How do you bullet point that? (laughs) You want to do disagreement well without without disunity, but just practical steps for people who are maybe they're thinking someone's in their brain right now of a person who they're like, oh, I just really disagree with them. And I've separated myself for I've avoided them because the disagreement is just too uncomfortable. And I, I have other things going on.
1: Yeah, and, and here, I guess here we're talking about like because we we've lived we've lived in a world recently where people have lost relationship over stuff that wasn't even directly related to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Whether and it's I've, a political I've affiliation or it's a position on COVID.
1: It. I mean, it's crazy to me like they're actually no longer in relationship with each other, even though they didn't do something wrong to each other. Like they are literally dividing because they disagree on a matter
0: i've heard it referenced like man i never knew right i never knew they felt that way like you're relieved to finally have everything out of the closet right.
1: and it's just like man no it's sad. so
0: good luck well that's all <laughs> just No.
1: Kidding. well we've covered it. we have we've covered <laughs> these things like one recognizing that patience plays a huge part in this right number two it's okay that we disagree number three it's okay that you don't know it all, like you don't have to go into a disagreement and even to a into a debate from this place of like I know it all, mm-hmm. and my only responsibility as debate is to prove that you don't know it all. Like actually, the best debates would be like when two people are seeking to learn from each other and are arguing their positions um, from a place of honesty and integrity, and are on and are arguing in a way that's compelling for the other person, and the other person is listening. Both parties would learn from each other. So, I mean, that's just a few practices. things. And you things. walk away
0: open to learning more. Absolutely. And that's so fertile for the Lord to just do the work that only yes. God can do. Yes. When it's like, okay.
1: But I, th- I think the big thing is if you're prone to disagree, if you're prone to not forgive, if you're prone to not reconcile, if you're prone not to give someone another chance, if you're prone not to have difficult conversations, I would take a hard look at how you view the Father and how, the, how you believe the Father views you.
0: And that's key before you enter into any kind of a disagreement, hoping to walk away unified with that person.
1: Yeah, I mean, because we have what Scripture calls, 2 Corinthians 5, the ministry of reconciliation. Like, this isn't something that, oh, yeah, we do, and it's convenient. Like, this is what it is to be the people of God. And
0: it's meant to set us
1: apart. It's meant to set us apart. It's meant to be difficult. The tension... It, it brings out things in us that lead to our glory, that lead to us discovering more of what it is to flourish. And that's okay. Like the easy path is rarely the right path. I'm sorry. It just, it rarely is. And when it comes to our development, we've been so, so concerned about keeping it easy and keeping it comfortable. We've been unwilling to do the hard things right. And because of that, when something starts to get easy, we think everyone is wrong or when something is hard, we think everyone's wrong because it should be easy and we go crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that. Well,
0: that's good. That's a good place to leave where the easy path is rarely the right path.
1: But there is an ease that comes (laughs) with taking the right path. (laughs) There is. Not at first, but it comes. It does. And that's a promise yeah but there's a grace there's an ease that comes with taking the right path
0: yeah when you're not looking for it to be easy yeah is when there is an ease
1: when you don't make an idol out of easiness like you receive ease yeah you just do
0: so full. you're gonna want to re-listen to we that We did lots one. of
1: circles we did circles on circles on thank circles. thank you
0: guys so much for joining addison and i <laughs> <Sorry>. on the <laughs> D podcast um Yeah, rate, subscribe, do all the podcast things. And guys, we want to hear from you. We would love your comments and just to hear what you need more of from us. We really are excited to partner with you um, as you seek to know God deeper, to live a life that is higher and set apart. And yeah, do you want to add anything?
1: I want to add. add, Yeah, I want to add something. Uh, (laughs) I'm really excited about what we're doing. This fall, and I don't know how much we're sharing. No, just just hear me out. I'm really excited about it. I want to give them a heads up because this is very relevant to what we're doing. We're going to do these 40 episodes uh, that are going to be transformative on transformation. I'm very excited. They're going to be shorter episodes, and we're going to invite everyone on a journey with us, and it's going to be amazing. So be on the lookout for that. It's coming in the fall. So good. Cool.
0: All right. We love you guys, and we hope you have a wonderful day. (laughs)